The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Dr. Will Cole. As a leading functional medicine practitioner, I have had the unique position to see so many alchemize their pain and health problems to their purpose. Now I want the same for you. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers, where there is a fresh infusion of grace and lightness into wellness. This is the art of being well. Join me every Thursday for a new episode. Hey, it's Mariana. Welcome back to the Life with Mariana podcast. In this episode, I've got Liv Perez. She is a journalist and podcast host, and she's also a fashion influencer, which is so many jobs. I feel like she does so many things. And because she has this really unique lens of journalism and being a podcast host, it makes her a different type of fashion influencer than your typical influencer you might see. She works with brands in a really unique way. And I think this episode could be really helpful for you if you are a fashion influencer, but trying to figure out and carve a way that's different and unique for you. So she talks about unconventional ways to create value for brands and having a non-linear career path and why your unique perspective on fashion and storytelling could be what makes you stand out as a fashion influencer. If you are interested in a career as a fashion influencer, I have some other really great episodes I think would be helpful for you. So most recently, one was with Brittany Xavier. Hers was all about how she pivoted her fashion content to focus more on video and how she pitches herself for fashion weeks and staying top of mind for brands. Another really great episode is with Risa Girona. She is the chief brand officer of Revolve. And she talks all about being on the influencer marketing side and brand marketing side of retailers and how to really pitch yourself and stay top of mind as an influencer. So I think all of these holistically will really help you and give you really good advice. I will link these all in the show notes. So if you miss this episode, you can check them out. And as always, if you're not subscribed to my podcast yet, subscribe because it's free and I've got new episodes every single Tuesday and leave me a five-star rating and review. Now let's hear from Liv. So where do you live? Because I know you were living between two different cities before. This is literally the number one question I get these days. I can't tell you how many people are like, oh, if I'm in LA, they're like, oh, next time you're here, let me know. And I'm like, wait, no, I live here now. I am based in LA. I was just in New York for 10 years. And then I moved back to LA where I'm originally from during the pandemic. And then between all of your jobs that you have, which you have many, and we recently saw each other and we were talking about like, there's just so much on our plates of like balancing it all. So do you think you need to live in either New York or LA to have the career that you have? I think starting out living in New York was imperative to do what I was doing then and I'm doing now. I think it was honestly the greatest thing. I met so many people. I think being in New York City really just connects you, especially if you're in New York and you want to be a writer. It's really important to be on the ground and be in the mix of all that, whether that's going to an event and supporting a brand and fostering that relationship. And even just being in a world, New York has such a big influencer world and it's really booming here. So I think just making so many friends and allies in that sense was really important to me during that time. And especially being, you know, my young 20s, it was crucial to where I am now. And I feel like you can be so many things. Like I think before there was like boxes, right? Like you have to be a journalist or you have to be a podcast host or you have to be an influencer, but now you can be so many things. And I think within the fashion world, even those brands, they want to work with different types of influencers that maybe aren't traditional fashion influencers. So how did you start your career? Were you a journalist first and then pivoted to working with fashion brands? Or like, what was your like career path that led you to where you are today? 
I love this story because something that I think so often of now, and I'm really grateful that we really do live in a time where I think careers are so nonlinear. I completely agree with you that it's like back in the day, if you wanted to be a lawyer, you went to law school and you followed that path. But for me, it really was this experience of trying a bunch of things, figuring out what I don't like, culminating my experience and my skill set to eventually get to a point where what I do now is exactly what I'm good at and and the things that I can offer. So, you know, I moved to New York when I was 18. I went to NYU. I was interning at a ton of places, which if you're in college right now, I can't recommend that enough. I worked at Teen Vogue. I worked at Hermes. I worked for Ryan Seacrest. And at the end of the day, even though all of those things are in widely different categories, I was really focused on storytelling. Storytelling to me is at like the core of who I am. It's what I love to do. And it's so much of what I do now. And a big reason why I think a lot of brand partners continue to like to work with me is because I think when you are a storyteller, it's unique to you. It's through your lens. So for me, all of my experiences, even though, again, it wasn't a straight line, it allowed me to culminate my perspective to make it something that only I can offer. So it really was a hodgepodge of fashion, journalism, a bunch of different things. But now I really call myself a journalist first because no matter what it is that I'm doing, I'm telling a story and telling it through my lens. Yeah. And I think you do such a good job of it. And I feel like positioning yourself as a journalist gives you really unique experiences and also really unique opportunities to work as an influencer, somebody who works with brands in other kinds of capacities. Because one of the questions that people were asking on Instagram was like, what ways can you work with fashion brands as an influencer that isn't just sponsored content? And I feel like you're able to do that through so many different avenues. So what are some of the ways that you work with fashion brands now? I love that question. Honestly, working with fashion brands to me brings me the most joy because again, like even though my skill is journalism, my love is fashion. I've always been a fashion girl. Getting dressed up is like my number one thing that I love to do any occasion. So now it's really fun. It's honestly such a fun challenge and an exciting one for me every single time that a fashion brand reaches out because it's okay. Do you want me to create a creative shoot for you that showcases your collection through my lens, or, you know, I'm even working with a brand now, they're doing a big launch coming up. And yes, I'm going to create content for them on Instagram, but the content's going to be around the fact that I have the founder of the brand coming on the podcast. And we're talking about the collection, which I think is a viewpoint that not a lot of people get. Podcasting to me is extremely intimate. It allows someone to tell their story through their eyes. And so for me, it really is this amazing experience of being able to offer up this wide menu and say, what fits best for you? What are all these things that I'm really good at that I can help service you and tell your story, but I'm going to do it in the ways that I know my audience loves. And I know that I can serve it up on a platform. That's going to be something that you can't get anywhere else. I know. And I think that's so important too, because you can create value for brands in ways other than just traditional sponsored posts. And I think if you're doing it this way, that's really unique. It doesn't really matter how many followers you are, because if you're pure goal is to like push sales and brand awareness. Yes, maybe you want to go to like the million plus followers. But if you want these other unique opportunities and content around brands and fashion, I feel like it's not. It's a way to not be discouraging to new influencers now who maybe have 10, 20, 100,000 followers to say like, I can have a career like yours. Totally. And I'm the biggest advocate for that. I think right now we're seeing a huge oversaturation of Instagram. Or at least that's what people say all the time. It's like, how do you get your start in this world when there are so many people that already have their footing. And for me, it's all about perspective. It's how do you create value for a brand that's different? At the end of the day, that's up to you. Every single content creator that's on Instagram right now has a unique perspective to offer. No two people are the same. And the value in that is the fact that all of us have our own audiences that speak to us, that love what we do and follow what we do. And I think anybody could create that for themselves. 
And for somebody who does want to start down this path, what advice would you have them if they are looking to have a career as a fashion influencer? Someone said something. I won't say someone. Hunter Harris, the incredible writer. She said it on my podcast. She was maybe my third or fourth episode back in the day when I had no idea what I was doing. But she said, cultivate your voice. She was like, you know, no matter who you are, you can be the girl in the office. You can, you know, write whatever you want, copy paste it. But at the end of the day, people are going to come back to you for your voice. And if you don't have anything to say, it's not going to matter. It's just going to fall back into the background of all the other things. So for me, it's really been about cultivating my voice. And to me, at the end of the day, that really feels like joy. I want someone to come on my Instagram and feel really happy and feel positive, but also walk away like and know that they're going to learn something new. So whether that's learning something new about a fashion brand that you didn't know, you know, learning about an organization that I'm passionate about and sharing through my nonprofit or highlighting a new brand through my Forbes channel and then bringing them on the podcast. All of that to me is really how I've been able to grow my audience and and let them know that they can trust me to find new things and really be a resource to them, whether that's career advice, brand advice, whatever it is. Well, you just listed so many things and I feel like it's impossible. I don't even know how it's possible to do it all. And there are so many people who have full-time jobs, but they want to create content. How can they do both? That's a great question. I have a friend who does this so well, and she's also been on my show. Her name is Kim Kaup. If you are listening right now, definitely shoot her a follow because I think for a while, you know, she's she runs an amazing company, but what she did was create content around that. And at the end of the day, that's super relatable. You know, it's it's not often that so many of us are, are freelancers working for themselves. And I actually find that to be the most interesting. You know, what are you learning in your office every day? What can you share with us about building relationships or, you know, something that your boss taught you? I think at the end of the day, everyone has a story to tell and being able to share back the things you're learning every day. Who doesn't want to hear that? I have a promo code for The Way. You guys know I love their hair products. If you haven't tried them out yet, you can go to theway.com and use the code Mariana to get 15% off your entire purchase. So if you guys don't know where to start, maybe you're like, oh my gosh, this winter weather is crazy on my hair. I know for me, the dry air sucks out all of the moisture. So don't let cold winter weather leave your hair looking dry and brittle. A product that you guys will love is the leave-in conditioner from Way. It is your hydration hero this winter. It conditions and detangles and leaves hair smooth, shiny, and manageable. So I love, love, love this product. After I shampoo and condition, I use this afterwards. So as soon as I get out of the shower, I spray it on like the mid to ends of my hair before brushing it out. And it makes my hair just feel so soft and manageable. And especially just because I do a lot of styling and I color my hair. So for protection from heat, dryness, and frizz, the way to healthier hair is Way's best-selling leave-in conditioner. So it helps with frizz, tangles, flyaways, and breakage for all hair types. And it protects your hair from heat up to 450 degrees. It smells so delicious with their North Bondi scent. It's a floral fragrance with notes of bergamot, violet, and white musk. And it is also color safe and cruelty-free. Discover a new way of life with cruelty, sulfate, and paraben-free hair care, body care, and fragrance products from Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use code Mariana to get 15% off your entire purchase. That's 15% off your entire order at T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, code Mariana. I feel like one of the biggest 
challenges for people now is getting out of the mindset of like being afraid of what people might think of you if you're creating content or sharing it online or writing in a different type of way. Like you're, you almost like start speaking as an influencer versus like speaking just like your friends that were following you before. So how do you get out of this mindset of either being afraid of what your peers or friends or family might think? I think we all deal with that. Mariana, you have a gajillion followers, an incredible audience, and I'm sure you still feel debilitated by that at times. It's one of those things where you really have to learn to not learn, but you have to cultivate an incredible group of people around you that support you no matter what. And I think at the end of the day, I want to be speaking to those people. I want to move my friends as much as I move any follower that follows me on Instagram. And I think when you like remove that barrier of, oh my God, the people closest to me are, are going to judge me and maybe flip that on its head. Like, oh, you know, my best friend, I know her so well. What can I put out there that's going to move her? Because if it's going to move her, it'll probably move a lot of people too. So instead of looking at it as this debilitating thing that makes you insecure, using it to my advantage and saying, hey, how can I create content for everybody and not be nervous about what people might think about me? I think for me has been a hack that I'm still working on and I think will be a lifelong journey. I know. I feel like it's like, it never ends. You just get like a little bit more comfortable. Like I have a friend who she used to only take pictures of the back of her head because she was so shy taking photos in person. And she eventually started showing her pictures in her face. And then her account like grew massively because she finally showed people who she was, even though she had to get out of it. And she's still not fully comfortable with it now. And it's like, even some of the biggest influencers who have millions of followers, it's something that they still struggle with. So it's definitely like, you are not alone if you feel this way. Totally. And I think we follow people on Instagram because we want to feel seen. And for me, it's always been this idea in my mind of like, okay, it's not a following, it's a community. And you know, I sit on Instagram and reply to DMs. And I I actually, I want to talk and get to know the people that follow me because I don't want to feel like there's this barrier because I feel like that makes you feel more judged. So I think the more you open up, the more you're going to get in return. Definitely. Okay. So if you are wanting to work with fashion brands, I feel like you work with such incredible ones that people would just like be over the moon to work with. How do you get on their radar or what kind of content should you post for these, you know, brands that you aspire to work with to see who you are? I always say the best way to start out if you're wanting to start working with these, like with major fashion brands, it's, you know, it's not going to happen without doing anything. For me, it was always, you know, these are the brands that I love. How can I create content that showcases who I am very specifically, but also falls in line with their aesthetic? What's the in-between there? I don't say that being like, okay, how do you change your aesthetic to be like this brand or anything like that? But there's definitely an in-between. And, and for me, that's how I always kind of found my way in. It was like, okay, I can create beautiful content that resonates with my audience, but I'm also going to create it in a way that I know that maybe this account would use and, you know, tag them and use their hashtags. All of that really makes a difference. I think, you know, we, like UGC, user generated content is such a big thing that brands love to see. And especially in COVID, I saw a huge spike in that brands needed content and being able to create content for brands when they couldn't do shoots and they weren't doing activations was a huge thing. And I think that's going to continue because I do think brands love to see that organic love and and it really goes a long way. Is there a way that you think that someone can elevate their content so that they hopefully get to work with luxury brands? Well, I think you have to decide what it is that what kind of content it is that you want to do. I have so many friends that are incredible and thrive in the everyday content, whether it's just a mirror selfie or them at their desk working and 
they've created a conversation with their audience that is about that, those every single day moments. But I think also making sure that you're capturing elevated content at the same time to be able to attract those brands. I really do think that that's a business decision that you have to make and making sure that you're creating content across the board so that you can appeal to as many people and as many brands as you want. I think a really good way to get in touch with a lot of fashion brands too, is like attending fashion weeks. And I think it's important to attend fashion weeks, but it's also important to do the work between the shows so that you stay on their radar. So for somebody who wants to attend fashion weeks, how do you even go about reaching out to a brand? How do you find their contacts? Like what should a newbie do if they want to attend for the first time? Ooh, I always say like, go for the interesting pitch. Like don't be like, hey, I'd love to attend your show. I'm sure that they are getting bombarded by people with those asks. But how can you say, hey, I have this really cool idea for content that you know I'd love to create for you guys for the show, whether it's something backstage or I'd love to do a retrospective on your collections or I'd love to interview this person. You know, whatever it is, find your angle, find your niche. I would say this is like maybe my seventh or eighth fashion week. And this was the first one that I really fell in my niche half the jobs that I had were about going backstage and interviewing people and kind of playing hostess at different events and interviewing people on the red carpet. And that took a really long time to cultivate. So I don't want to, you know, diminish the fact that everything comes with time and hard work and pushing yourself in the direction that you want to go. But back to, you know, really getting in the door there, really push your specific direction, your specific perspective. And like Mariana said, don't just wait until, you know, August to send those asks. Like, If it's a few months before and you know you want to go to whatever show it is, maybe start creating content for them. Get on their radar. Show them that you love the brand. At the end of the day, Fashion Week is about the brands and about supporting the designers who show up every season and keep the Fashion Week spinning. So if you can authentically support them, I really believe that they will begin to support you back. I think a really good other tip too is like, there's a lot of, there's only a few like PR places, right? And they rep a lot of brands. And if they rep some really big brands, they might also represent some new and incoming designers who are like up and coming, who just need more seats at their shows or new press coverage. So like get in with their newer designers who probably will become some of your favorite designers in years to come and build a relationship with them through that way. So then if there are other opportunities through their larger clients, you're already building a relationship with them because each show, I think, there's only so many seats. There's only so much space. Like they can't endlessly invite everybody. So I think by showing them love where they need extra love, they'll show you love in return, hopefully down the line. You also just had something amazing, which is the PR hack. I think a lot of people think that most brands do it in-house and that is definitely not true. Most PR brands rep a ton of your favorite brands and take a meeting with them. Say you want to go to coffee, tell them about your work. I really think that we're so accustomed now to like the Instagram DM slide or sending a blank email, but I'm really all about face-to-face interactions and really showing who you are as a person and not just who you are online. And so I can't recommend that hack enough if you are someone that wants to be attending Fashion Weeks. I don't know if this is just me, but I am very behind in my holiday shopping. I have a very long list of people that I need to get gifts for from my friends and family and coworkers and people that I work with. And so I'm just trying to figure out what to buy everybody. And what does everybody love? Cozy clothes. So if you are playing Secret Santa and trying to figure out what to gift your friends and family, I know that it can be a headache, but you don't want to just give them a gift card. Well, there's one thing everyone loves and it's a really good hoodie. Like literally everybody in my life wants a sweatshirt and the classic full zip hoodie from American Giant is the perfect holiday gift for everyone, including yourself. 
So staying comfortable has been so essential no matter what. If I'm watching TV or hopping on a Zoom or editing a podcast, running errands, taking a walk, it is officially hoodie season in my life, which actually I wear them all year long. Usually wearing sweats and hoodies means compromising on style, but with American Giant's obsession with quality details, you can be cozy and stylish. So if you guys are thinking about getting in the classic full zip hoodie, it is a heavyweight cotton, but feels so soft and comfortable in it. There is amazing premium details. They've got reinforced elbow pads and it's a double line hood. It also comes pre-washed and it's got this slim fit so it never looks slouchy when I'm wearing it. And if you like a more relaxed fit, I would go up a size. And the colors I love, the limited edition ones are so pretty. I love the black amber and rose hip. Explore American Giant's collection of durable essentials at American-Giant.com and you get 20% off when you use the code Mariana at checkout. That's 20% off at American-Giant.com and promo code Mariana. I love that you've had this like amazing career leading up to what you do today. And I feel like a lot of people they're in college or they're recently graduated and just like trying to figure out how to even get to this career path. Cause I think people don't realize how, like they see the end result of what we do today, but they didn't realize like all the internships and everything you did leading up to this. But if somebody is looking to have a career like yours and they're trying to figure out their degree, what did you go to school for? And what are some other degrees that people might be able to look into? So I went to Gallatin at NYU, which is a specialized school. You can basically create your major, which sounds really fun, but is actually incredibly daunting. They basically throw you into New York City and give you like a 1000 NYU class agenda and are like, pick your courses. And then in four years, let us know what your major is and read 20 books and present it in front of like five of our best teachers as your thesis. So it was a pretty crazy experience. It definitely taught me a lot of independence and kind of figuring out my own thoughts on my own. I always say that a really good career path to choose in college right now is communications. So much of our world right now is based around how we communicate and how we storytell. And I think that's something that's a little bit underrated when people are going into college right now. They're like, oh, I'm going to start an Instagram. I'll do my internships. But I also think that there's a lot of knowledge in the background and a lot of media study that's really important to understand the landscape of where we are right now. And all those skills will definitely come in handy. In terms of internships, one thing I can say the most is, and I know it sounds really crazy, but the networking aspect of it is so important. And I don't just say that as like, go to a cocktail, show face. Like the first person that hired me at Teen Vogue is still my mentor today. And she's still the number one cheerleader on my bench. She ended up hiring me for two other internships later in my college years. And she's someone that I always kept a relationship with. And I think it's those relationships that really help move your career forward. It's not just about the, you know, hey, let's get coffee. It's, hey, let's have coffee. I want to hear your thoughts on you know, what's going on right now? You know, what homework can you give me? How can I like continue to give you feedback? You have to play a really active role in your career. And I've always been a really strong believer in that, especially in your college, early out of college days. I think we really just kind of look at it from a surface level, but there's so much more that goes into it rather than just, you know, showing face at something. The networking aspect of of it to me was so important. The other last hack I'll give is if you're at a college right now, join all the clubs. I joined my journalism club. I was on the staff of the fashion magazine at NYU. And all those people that I worked with are people that are working in either the journalism or fashion industry now. And I've all crossed paths with them at some point in my career recently. And it's that like full circle camaraderie of the industry that I think is brings me the most joy in the industry and something that you can really take advantage of and be a part of if you start early. 
And so many people listening are probably not living in a major city like New York or LA, or they don't have an in to like even know where to start networking. So how do you start connecting with people in an industry that you hope to be a part of? Because I think people either get shy to like send a DM or they don't even know where to start or they don't want to do it in like a cheesy way. Totally. I mean, I always say send the DM. I'm such an advocate for sliding the DMs. I think, you know, we live in a time where we have social media and we've never been able to talk to as many people or meet as many people as we have in ever the history of the world. So many friends, interns, collaborators that I've met are people that have that either I've slid in their DMs or vice versa. So to me, I always say that's an amazing way. But I also think the most underrated platform out there right now is LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. I'm always on there. I'm always looking at people in my industry. I have notifications on like anytime someone joins a new company, I always get an email and I'm someone who just like clicks the ad button furiously. Like I'm always adding people to my network, always kind of expanding my reach and paying attention to what people are doing and how the industry is moving. And, you know, say a friend gets a new job at a place and maybe that's a place I want to work. Like maybe I'll message them and be like, Hey, congratulations. Like This is a place that I really love, been wanting to work with, love any advice or feedback that you have on how you got there. I think that's a really underrated resource that I definitely recommend you guys get into. Yeah, I think LinkedIn is amazing. It's something that I've been trying to be more active on as well. I think as I've gotten to my career that I'm doing like more on the business side than the influencer side, it's so important to connect with people on there. And we use it so much for like job listings. And I, I really keep up with other people in the industry. And I feel like, people share different type of content on there. And so I feel like on Instagram, I'm passively watching things or I'm entertained. But on LinkedIn, if I follow people's profiles who are careers or businesses that I aspire to be like, I see the press stories that they share or the tips and advice that they have. And it's so informational and educational. It's, It's a different type of social platform, but it is a place to network. And I feel like people actually do, they're on there because they want to network with other people. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about nonlinear paths earlier. And I remember a few weeks ago, I got a notification that Michelle Lee, who used to be the editor in chief of Allure, was moving to Netflix and was working in publishing there. And it was another one of those moments where I looked at the email and I was like, wow, this is another avenue that creators and people in the fashion industry and journalism were moving in different directions. It's a great place to really be ahead of the game on that and see how things are moving and how you can build your career to what you want it to be. Definitely. And I I do want to touch on one more creating value for fashion brands and how you create different types of content. So if people want to pitch themselves to do something other than just a normal sponsored post of an outfit picture on Instagram, what are some things that people could keep in mind of like ways they didn't even know they could work with brands? Yeah. I mean, again, I do think that it's so up to you and what your skill set is. But even if it's like people are like, oh, I can't host an event. Like, I, how am I supposed to, you know, invite all these people to a space, whatever it is. I think all those things seem really daunting. But at the end of the day, so many things that I've seen brands do that I found really successful. I'll give an example. Free people during COVID, I was a partner of theirs. And instead of asking, you know, usually they would ask maybe a partner to host an event for them or host a workout class. But instead they were saying, hey, we want you to invite three friends over to your house and just casually shoot content. And you guys can, you know, we'll dress everybody. We'll send you guys food. And I think even things like that are really unique, cool ideas, because at the end of the day, your followers know your friends. It is an amazing way to create content. And it's not something that's extremely high touch on your end, but it's impactful. It's unique. It's from your perspective. So I think finding things that are closest to home for you 
are probably going to be the most impactful. I think we need to like get rid of that idea that all these things are going to be really in like large and, and make a huge impact. It's not so much about huge impact anymore. It's about how can you impact your community, your audience through your lens. Okay, guys, it is that time of year where we're starting to think about our New Year's resolutions, the things we want to improve or learn. And I know for me last year, you know that weird time between like Christmas and New Year's where maybe work slows down a little bit or you have a little bit more free time. This is a time where I love to improve on skills or learn things. And that's where Skillshare can be a help this year. And if you've been thinking about Skillshare, you guys should definitely click my link because you can get a one month free trial premium membership, which is amazing. It's Skillshare.com life. And if you don't know about Skillshare, it's an online learning community and it really offers membership with meaning. There is so much to explore. They've got real projects to create and you've also got the support of fellow creatives. Skillshare really empowers you to accomplish real growth. If you're looking for some balance in your life, try the ultimate self-care playbook, discover and nurture your centered self with Jonathan Van Ness, and also finding fulfillment using pivots to power your creative career with Emma Gannon. And if you are an influencer and you're trying to figure out more about social and video content, try the YouTube success script, shoot and edit with Marcus Brownlee. So it doesn't matter if you are somebody who's new to a career or you're a pro, they have classes for every skill level and you'll really be able to experience growth and development with hands-on projects and classes that are designed for real life. If you guys want to check it out, it is incredibly affordable, especially compared to pricey in-person classes and an annual subscription is less than $10 a month, but you guys can try it for free because explore your creativity at Skillshare.com life and get a one month free trial premium membership. That's a one month premium membership at Skillshare.com slash life. Well, speaking of impacting your community, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about system of service. Oh, podcaster to podcaster. That was a beautiful transition. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually in New York right now. We are doing our first pop-up in a year and a half and I am over the moon. I'm so excited. Back during the 2016 election, my co-founder and very dear friend of mine, Joe Holder, we're feeling a little bit of activism fatigue online. We were feeling like so many people were just kind of passively donating, passively doing things, but didn't really have their hands on the ground and were actually able to give back in a very human way. And so for us, we created system of service pre-COVID. So now I hope that we're coming back in a more official way. But pre-COVID, we were hosting monthly events. We were working with incredible brands like Nike and Dyson and Smartwater to support different organizations in our own backyard. So for example, one of our first events, we had I think over like 150, maybe 200 people show up and pack lunches with us. And then we all walk together to the Bowery Mission, which is in our own backyard. We walk on the Bowery every single day and be able to actually deliver lunches that we pack to the homeless population that's there. And it was so impactful. I think, you know, some of the best feedback that I get from these events is friends that come up to us and say, you know, we had to do community service in high school just to graduate, but we, you know, then dropped off and I was involved with this amazing organization, but I never spoke to them after I graduated because it wasn't required anymore. And today felt so good. I feel really empowered. I'm going to reach back out to them again. That to me, like sends shivers down my spine. And it really is a reminder of, you know, how do we exercise service like as a muscle every single month, every single day in our life. And I think Joe and I really wanted to create that touch point for our community to come together in a place where we felt really comfortable knowing that we're going to make a difference and also have a really fun time doing it. So we're in New York right now, popping up again and hopefully doing more in the future now that we're able to come together again. 
So if people wanted to help or volunteer with System of Service, what can they do to get involved? You can DM Joe or I. Joe is Ocho System on Instagram and I'm Liv Perez with two Vs. Our System of Service Instagram is also active, so you can DM us there. And we're always checking it, always creating a master list of people that want to get involved. And if you are an organization that needs help, please reach out to us. We would love to figure out something with you. We're always looking for new collaborators and new ways to bring your like new organizations to the forefront of our communities. So not only do you have a system of service and you are working with brands, you are a journalist and podcast host, which I feel like I'm trying to touch on like all of the different jobs that you have. And so great job over there. (laughs) Being a Forbes contributor is one of them. And nothing makes me happier than I see like Gab Waller, for example, she posted yesterday, like it was a dream come true for her to have a story about her go up. So how did you become a Forbes contributor? And on top of that, how do you decide who is worth you know, featuring. Gab Waller was just such a great example to answer your question right away. She's someone who, you know, isn't from the U.S., saw a really unique void in the personal shopping slash luxury market and really grinded her way to the top of the industry. I loved hearing her story. Her business is incredible. I loved hearing her talk about like her bread and butter, which is like this massive database of like multi-brand retailers around the world that she's built herself and she's built personal connections with. And to me, that's where like my eyes light up. I'm so excited to hear that story and even more excited to tell it and be able to give people that I deeply admire a platform. To me, that's a dream come true because I'm honestly most I'm like most people. I sit on Instagram and I'm looking at these people and I fangirl myself. So to even be able to write and connect with her on that is a dream come true. And that's really where I kind of create my rules around what I'm going to write for Forbes is, is does it impact me? Because if it does, it's most likely going to impact a lot of people. And is it a story that people can learn from? Will, will it inspire you? So I love writing for Forbes. It's obviously an incredible platform. And I'm just honestly grateful all the time that I get to be able to write for them. Uh, the story of writing for them, starting to write for them is interesting and a really actually, I think, good lesson in putting yourself out there. A few years ago, I would say 2015, 2016, Forbes was starting to launch their Snapchat, which was relatively new at the time. And they needed someone to cover their Snapchat backstage at the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show in Paris. As a journalist, they, you know, I, as a freelance person, they, they had come to me and asked if I was willing to do it, but I would have to get myself there. I remember, you know, using every single point that I had. I think I stayed in a really small Airbnb right next to the Grand Palais where the show was. But I got myself there because I saw that opportunity as a way in. I was like, if I go and I do this and I do it well because I know that I can, I know that after that I can pitch them and say, let me write for you. And I think at the time, I honestly was their youngest writer on the platform. I think I was like 21 or 22 years old, but I did it and I made it work. And it's a moment that I feel a lot of pride for because I went so prepared. I knew all my research. I knew all the names of every person involved. I actually had a connection of a friend who had designed the jewelry for the show. And I reached out to her and got some very personal quotes on doing that. So again, I made the story unique through my lens, my perspective, and brought in things that I didn't really feel like anybody else could bring in. And so, you know, it's been a few years and I write for them often and it's truly a joy. And I'm grateful as a journalist that I get to be able to work with such an incredible brand. Well, you have a lot that you're going on between Forbes and podcasts and everything that you're doing. So do you have any productivity hacks for like how you plan all of these different types of work? I'm still working on this. So if you guys have, are listening and have some great tips, let me know. I won't lie. I'm someone who loves to have my hands in a million things. I don't think everyone's that way. And that's totally okay. Some people are, you know, 
a one trick pony and are really good at their one thing. And I respect that so much for me. I love to have my hands in a million different products. What's been most helpful for me recently is kind of carving out times for specific things. So, you know, Monday morning, I'm promoting my show. Thursday, I'm usually editing my next week's show and kind of sprinkling in those dedicated times to get those things done and make sure that the wheels continue to spin. I think also when you are doing a bunch of things, thinking about how they work together is really important. So, you know, this week, again, I mentioned we're doing our system of service pop-up. It's all about clean air. And next coming Monday, I'm going to have an episode with an incredible founder who's built a company all about cleaning air in people's homes. So I think thinking in tandem that way and thinking about how I can tell a story as a whole through all of these platforms is really important to me and something that's helped make things feel a little bit more seamless. Is there, are there any apps or programs you use to schedule your life? Oh my goodness. I mean, I love Planoly. I'm such a Planoly girl. That's been really helpful with Instagram things just to kind of sort out when things are going live when and making sure that I'm kind of telling a holistic story, making sure that all the things I'm working on are getting represented. Obviously, I think most of us, I'm a big Cal invite calendar girl. It's actually been really helpful. And I learned this trick from Jen Atkin, who I know we all love, but I actually schedule in like my break times and my walk times and times when I can, you know, go play with my dog outside and just kind of have me time. And I think that's something that's been really helpful because I know that I'm making that time for myself and I have to do it. You know, during COVID, I felt like I had this extreme work fatigue. I was on my laptop at 8 a.m., signing off at 9 p.m. because there was not much else going on. And I think I was just kind of dedicated to my work at that time. But now kind of coming out of it, I realized how important it is to really schedule in those moments. Hey, can you go take a walk? Can you go grab a coffee? Can you wind down from this? You know, schedule your wind down time at the end of the day. Like, how do you, you know, the same way that we have our morning routine, what's going to be your night routine? How are you going to shut off from the day and unplug? So for me, that's been really helpful. It's just kind of making sure that I make the space and time for myself to do those things. Definitely. Because I feel like when we're so burnt out, we can't even be creative or think of things to share or topics we want to talk about because like we just have, we're just like in go mode instead of like creative mode. So when you are in those times of having a creative block or not feeling motivated, how do you deal with that to get like re-excited again to create? First off, I think creative blocks are absolutely necessary. Like They will happen to everybody. It is so important that you hit that wall every single time so that you can figure out a way around it. And the wall every time for me is different. But, you know, I think acknowledging that you're hitting that wall is really important. Don't try to work through it. Take your time away. Take a deep breath. Go for a walk. For me, you know, especially working for myself, I've had to kind of reconfigure my schedule to work for me. Sometimes I work on weekends. So, you know, I find myself working for two weeks straight and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm going to take this Wednesday off. Even though if it's not conventional, that's what works for me. That's kind of how I need my downtime so that I avoid hitting that wall. And when you do, again, acknowledge it and phone a friend, go to a friend's house, cook a meal, do something that fulfills you. Do something that you walk away and you're like, oh, I feel reinvigorated because that's the best way to work around the wall instead of trying to break through it. Yes, definitely. Like sometimes the wall is there for a reason to be like, okay, let's just relax for a second. Yeah, exactly. Um, Last question. And if you even know, where do you see your your career going? Or is there anything that you're aspiring to do right now that you could share with us? This is a crazy question for me because I just feel like my career has taken me in so many different paths and it's just been so exciting. I just want to continue to tell stories. I mean, I've always wanted to be on TV. I've always wanted to be able to talk to a larger audience in that way. I was a dancer growing up. So performing to me is kind of in my core and something I love to do. So, you know, that's kind of my natural business progression right now. But at my core, again, 
continuing to tell stories, continuing to impact people, growing that community, making friends around the world, having people on the show. To me, if I can continue to do that right now, that really excites me. And I love where I'm at right now. I'm having so much fun. So I think I'm just going to trust that process, lean into it and see where it takes me. Amazing. Well, where can everyone follow you and listen to the podcast? I'm Liv Perez on Instagram with two V's and the podcast is available everywhere you listen to podcasts. It's called Friend of a Friend and we drop new episodes every Monday morning. And we're doing a podcast swap so you guys can hear me over on Friend of a Friend. It's the swap of a lifetime, guys. So go check it out. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next. 